Hello once again, everyone. Welcome to the National League Championship Series preview edition of Phillies Therapy. We get to do this again. This is fun. I'm getting used to it. My name is Paul Boyer, joined as always by the Athletics' Matt Gelb. Here we are recording Monday morning on the eve of the Phillies' second straight tip, trip, trip to the League Championship Series where they will take on the Arizona Diamondbacks for a chance to get back to the World Series and finish the business they couldn't quite close out last year against the Astros, who, for their part, are also back in the League Championship Series. The Texas Rangers beat them in Game 1 last night. We'll get right into things over here on our side, because that's what you came here for. That's what you really care about. The Phillies are starting this series at home for the first time in however long. Don't think they did that all of last year. Um, again, I'm still forgetting the wild card series and skipping that. This is the first best of five or longer series that's starting in Philadelphia in quite some time. Matt, it's one I, that nobody wants to talk about. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm glad, we're, eh, I'm glad we're leaving these behind. Honestly, yeah. like we're, we're exercising a lot of ghosts these last couple of years. Matt, Matt, I think we need to get right into it and ask the question that's probably on a lot of folks' minds here on Monday morning. We're recording this before the roster deadline, just so everybody's aware. We don't know who exactly is going to be on these rosters yet, but we have a pretty good idea. And one person in particular, one player in particular, is of interest. And I I think just to get that out there, by the time you listen to this, it's probably already official. But Matt, Reese Hoskins, we've seen the footage. We've seen him take BP. We've seen him run the bases. We've seen him slide. The questions keep getting asked of Rob Thompson. Is he close to returning? Is he going to make the league championship series roster? And so I ask you, will Reese Hoskins be on the Phillies roster for the National League Championship Series? No. There it is. No, he won't. But um, it's a shame. But no, like I still think I still think, um, you know, the World Series is a possibility. But again, like I want to underscore like one thing, and that's that like if he is on the roster in the World Series, if they are in the World Series, mm-hmm. like he would be a right-handed pinch hitter. Um, I, I don't think he'd be anything more than that. And as we've seen with this team, uh, they don't pinch it a lot. <laughs> no, I mean it's you know the roster is is, is you know is, it's kind of what it is. I mean, you know, I think. The NLCS roster will be identical to the NLDS roster. Maybe they swap one guy. I I, I don't think so, though. Um, so can't wait for me to be wildly wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure I have a good feel for this and talking to people. And, um, you know, in, a, in, a, in the four games against the Braves, Jake Cave did not get an at-bat. Uh, right. Edmundo Sosa did not get an at-bat. Uh, Garrett Stubbs did not get an at-bat, obviously. Uh Pache started uh, one game, uh, the game that they faced a lefty. They're not going to face a lefty starter uh, in the NLCS, as far as I know. Uh, the Dimebacks, maybe maybe they use an opener of some sorts uh, in, in game three or four. Um, mm-hmm. their, their plans are kind of up in the air. Um, but they don't, have, they don't have a lefty starter right now rostered. So um, Pache is not going to see a lot of time in this series. You know, really, the Phillies are going to be able to roll with their guys and um, – you know, maybe there's a situation late in the game where uh, Joe Mantiply is pitching and they want to pinch it for Brandon Marsh, or maybe they're down and Rojas' spot and the older comes up and they want to pinch it for Rojas. You need mm-hmm. to shoot your shot for offense if you're trailing and sacrifice defense. Totally understandable. Um, but there's just not a lot of opportunities to, to pinch it. And, and so if Hoskins does return, uh, it would be in a very specific and limited role. He, he, he can't play the field. Um, 
probably not going to DH because right now they have a DH and it's, it behooves them to keep Kyle Schwarber at DH spot in these games. So um, while it's exciting, the idea of Reese Hoskins getting back on the field and getting on the roster would be super cool. It'd be amazing. Um, I just don't know like how big a role he'd play. And I think it gets tough too. If you look ahead, like say the Phillies advance, if they beat Arizona and they get back to the world series, you know, if Houston gets there, the only lefty they have on their entire staff is from Valdez, a starter and Hoskins right. wouldn't start at D like, it's hard to imagine him having a significant role if he does come back. What I would think is that a placement could be symbolic if they feel like they can spare it because the National League has the DH now. And again, I'm talking, you know, past this series. Because the National League has the DH now, pinch hitting is not as frequent. You don't need to maximize the utility of every spot on your roster. Like, I, I could see maybe a chance of activating Reese for the world series, giving everybody a boost. You know, that would be cool, I, but that's about all I see right now. It, it, I, and I don't yeah, say that. I, as, I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. You know, you don't say that as a knock. You don't say that mm. as, as, as anything against all the work he's, but and we're seeing the footage. We are seeing the proof. Yeah, it's just it's close. hard. You know, it's like yeah. he hasn't faced, you know, like he hasn't played in, in right. a year. <laughs> like, uh, you know, and then you'd be putting him on the biggest stage against some of the best pitching that's left. And, um, you know, he's not both, you know, um, conditioning wise and physically, he's not, he's not there. He'd be the first to tell you that, but that doesn't mean that he can't help them. I don't know. I mean, maybe he can, I, I don't know. Um, but it would be in a very specific and limited role. I think it would be, it would be interesting if his first plate appearance back after missing all this time would be facing a Chapman in the world series. Like, could you, could you imagine getting up off the deck to have to do that? Oh my God. Um, that, all right. That would so be that, hard. That, that, would, be that hard. would be that would be a bit of a challenge. Um, <laughs> be a hell of a right. thing. It'd be... <laughs> oh my god! Um, all right, so that's that's that, and that's you know we'll we'll have to leave that to the side for now. Reese <clears throat> will continue his progression, obviously, and he'll stick around the team, and we'll we'll keep seeing him, I'm sure, throughout the the rest of the playoffs, however long this run keeps going. Let's focus on what's right in front of us right now, and that's the Arizona Diamondbacks, who are trying to do what the 2022 Phillies did last year. Uh, run a bit of a, a Cinderella sweep through the National League side of the playoffs here. They haven't lost yet after taking they have not lost after taking two from the Brewers, where they trailed in both games and made comebacks on the road, not not to be discarded, and then swept the Dodgers uh, to just about everybody's surprise. Maybe not theirs, but certainly to mine. Uh, the Dodgers pitching, I think, just you know, it was a little too much for them to overcome. And now here they are, looking to pull off another upset, coming into Philadelphia. We've made jokes about how Arizona is is kind of a hellhole for this team to go out and play during the regular season because something weird always happens. And now we get to <laughs> now we get to invite that madness out here for a playoff series. Obviously, the first two are here in Philadelphia. Then we do three out west Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Matt, I, I think as we look at this Arizona team and compare it with what the Phillies are, are likely to roster, the Phillies on paper should be considered objective favorites. I, yes. I think there are there are very favorites. Yeah. <laughs> there are very few areas where you can say the Diamondbacks have the edge positionally, group wise, like if we're taking full lineup, full rotation, any of it it would be hard to take the Diamondbacks over what the Phillies are currently doing. That being said, we do not want to look past this team because they are interesting, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And it all starts, I think, as everybody thinks, 
with the National League Rookie of the Year, presumptively Corbin Carroll. He's really good. You know, the guy who really sticks out the most to me is, is the catcher. Oh, Gabriel Moreno. Moreno is a star. And like, mm. I'm, I'm using that word. And I'm not just throwing around. He's really good. He's yeah. really, really good. And he, he is a problem. Uh, this whole lineup is a problem. I, I, this is a good team. And like, I, I think what I would say about the Diamondbacks is they would scare the absolute shit out of me in a three game series and a five game series. And they just proved why. Yeah. In a seven game series, uh, it's a it's a tougher task for them because of the pitching situation. Yep. And I really do think uh I I, I think they're even in these first two games. I do. I mean, like the Phillies have home field, so maybe that gives you a nudge, but Zach Gallon and Merrill Kelly are, are are really good starters. They're solid quality starters. They will they will give the Phillies a tough time. But in games three and four, the Phillies, I think, have a massive advantage, Paul, in the pitching mm-hmm. side. Yeah, I don't know how the Diamondbacks get the Phillies out in games three and four. Uh, and, and that's why you just, you know, the more times you play, you put these teams against each other. The Phillies have advantages across the field that I think will show. And I think this series will be competitive, but I just, I don't know. There's so many advantages for the Phillies here. Um, that's not to underscore what the Diamondbacks have done and how dangerous they might be. They hit 13 home runs in five postseason games so far. Um, the Phillies have at 13, but in six games, um, mm-hmm. this team can hit it out of the ballpark. Like you have to be careful. Um, that said, they, they haven't faced the kind of pitching that they're going to face in this series. The Phillies are going to present challenges that they have, that the, um, the Diamondbacks simply have not seen. And, and, and you look at the Dodgers series, they were facing non-competitive pitching period. Yeah. The end. Like, I, I don't mean to demean what the Dodgers were doing, but, um, their starters were terrible. Yeah, yeah, they they were decimated, you know. That was the chance for Arizona to really pounce, and they did. They absolutely pounced. Like, there are things, I think, that, that are going to show up during the series that we may be familiar with from watching them during the regular season, but in case you've forgotten, this team plays pretty good defense, especially in the outfield. You know, Carroll will probably play right field for Great most outfield. of the series yeah. with Alec Thomas, who's a, a superb defensive center fielder, um, and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. in left field, who is a, a bit underrated. He's the one guy who scares you. Yeah, yeah, but he's the one guy on defensively. Like if you're, you know, if you're the Diamondbacks, he's like the weakest link probably in this in this defensive unit. And he's you know, sure he's just okay, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, he's definitely not on the level of a Thomas or a Carroll. I, I think everybody could agree with that. Christian Walker on you know the first base side is probably the best defensive first baseman going right now, or at least one of the top three, depending on who you ask. Remember and then around April the rest when everybody wanted the Phillies to trade for Christian Walker. I, oh boy, do, do I ever remember? And we knew we knew back then. Oh, no, the Diamondbacks want to compete. They want to hang in there and see what <laughs> happens. And sure enough, Christian Walker, you know, thirty six doubles, thirty three dingers. He's good. Yeah. He had a nice season. Um, look, th- there are guys that could sneak up on you. I, I think up and down this lineup. Cattell Marte is probably a name that I think we're going to come to curse a few times throughout the series. You don't really know too. You know, you don't really know too much about him, but. As a switch hitter with some pop and some flash, good defensive second baseman, he feels like a guy who's probably going to make his name heard a bunch of times. So you can't take this team lightly, right? What they have done, even though they went through uh, a a torn-up pitching staff in in L.A. and it was a three-game series against Milwaukee, what they've actually done to get out here is, is pretty legit. You mentioned their power. They can hit the ball out of the ballpark. And I think it's the... It's the sneakiness of the way this team hits and the way this lineup churns that 
could catch up to you because next thing you know, you know, ask Lance Lynn, they can hang, can hang a couple home runs on you within an inning and come right back. You know, we spent the whole last series worrying about what the Braves could do and erupt at any moment. It's not as if you can really take your foot off the gas pedal, even though the Diamondbacks as an offensive unit are not the 2023 Braves, not quite. No, not even close, but there are challenges. And uh, I, th- I think once again, the Phillies are going to attack these challenges with, with velocity. Uh, I, I wrote a story today at the athletic uh, to me that the velocity uh, disparity between these two teams is, is, is the greatest difference, the greatest separator in this series um, to wit, you know, the Phillies have uh, thrown the, the hardest, obviously out of the bullpen this playoffs uh, than any other team, the diamondbacks, their average fastball velocity uh, from their bullpen uh, in the postseason has been 93.7. That's three and a half miles less on average than the Phillies fastball velocity from their waivers. It is a huge, huge difference. Like I cannot, I I, I mean, it's just, I cannot make this any clearer. That is a huge difference this time of year and it will show. Um, That's not to say the Dimebacks don't have effective relievers. They have some guys that they've really started to lean on. Been trying to learn as much as I can about Andrew Saul Frank, who is a lefty (laughs) that throws 92 with a curveball. He didn't Uh get to the big leagues until September. Yep. Um, but he's now one of their guys with a capital G mm-hmm. and <laughs> you know, the Phillies are going to attack this lineup though with velocity. And and this is one of the things that stuck out to me more than anything. Corbin Carroll all season, Paul, mm-hmm. he saw 19 fastballs at 97 miles an hour from a lefty all season. Really? Okay. That's it. He's, he's probably going to see that many in this series alone. <laughs> oh yeah. And, he, oh, easy. You know, they're going to have they have lefties to, to put on him late in the game. Um, I, I, you know, I think Jose Alvarado is going to face Corbin Carroll a lot in this series. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I think that's pretty clear. Now, I guess where it gets tricky when you're trying to match up, right, is that, uh, you know, they have some solid righties behind Carroll. So if you're if you're going, you know, lefty lefty matchup, you you got to be able to have that lefty that you bring in. Uh, get righties out and that that's Alvarado that, you know, they like him against lefties and righties. Obviously that's Strom. You know, I think Strom's going to get some shots at Carroll uh, because he also then can face the righties right behind him. You know, Cattell Marte and Christian Walker and Tommy or Cattell Marte and Christian Walker, they crush lefties. Tommy fam, not as much. Um, I, I think, uh, <laughs> sorry, that, that Carroll stats actually 19 fastballs at 96 or harder all season. Oh, Phillies have thrown 63 of those pitches in the playoffs alone, period. Just <laughs> yeah. um, yeah. crazy. I mean, so velocity is a big deal. Like the the, the Diamondbacks during the season, uh, 15th in baseball in slugging percentage against 97 plus. Okay. I mean, that that is uh, right there. That jumps out to me. And that is something that the Phillies will use. They will try to use, especially late in games. Zach Wheeler is going to use his you know, his elevated fastball again, most likely uh, early in the game, in game one. Um, I, I think that is how they will try to exploit the Diamondbacks. And I, I the story I would say at the athletic, I, I, I hope people find it interesting. And I like, it's not, it's one thing to be like, Oh, we need to go get velocity. And that's, it's obvious. Like everybody's chasing stuff. Everyone's chasing sure. velocity in this, in this sport. It's not, you know, it's not like they've stumbled onto something like, Oh wow. Like velocity is a good, yes, it's good. <laughs> it's novel it's concept. Really good. 
Yeah. But it's about acquiring. It's not just an acquisition strategy, right? It's like, it is an overall strategy. It's like, how do you acquire velocity, but then keep that velocity effective and healthy into October? Mm. And the Phillies have threaded that needle. I mean, because you look up and down their bullpen and what does it remind you of? We talked about this last pod. It reminds you of what the Astros were doing to them last postseason. Yeah. And acquiring velocity is easier, not easier. It's, 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 um, that's a more available. Yeah. It's more available. There's more guys obviously throw, but Dave Dombrowski's quoting story says like, well, there's a, there's a new benchmark though. It's like 95 is good, but the way we look at it, it, it's 97 where you really start to separate yourself. That's elite. So that's what we were going for. And that's what they got. (laughs) I mean, that's what they got. And they kept it healthy. And I'm, and there, there are, it's not just luck. There are things behind the scenes that no one wants to talk to me about. I kind of alluded to some of them, but like, I can't, I wish I was able to write more about it. Um, the Phillies don't want me to. And I, you know, uh, they have Whatever, a black I box. guess, but um, All right. they, they have they've a done a really good job of keeping these guys both healthy and effective going into October. And we're looking at all these teams like, oh, they're trying to scrape. Like, who are we going to use? Like, the, the Phillies aren't just scraping, but I mean, their guys are throwing harder now than they were during the season. That's the amazing thing to me, right? Like, it, it's not just that they have this velocity and they kept it healthy through the year, but, you know, it's embodied in Sir Anthony Dominguez coming out here and throwing 99 yes. the way he is. You know, like that. Like what what do we remember about the World Series last year? One of the I'm sure there are a few things we took away. One of the main things for me is how the pitchers started to look gassed. Yes. You know, we look we, we talk about Wheeler and Nolan in particular, but you know, Alvarado had started hurt. to yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, they yes, yeah. They they started to wobble, right? And we haven't gotten to that point in the baseball calendar yet. So we don't know if they've totally passed it. But to this point, they look strong. And I think that's something you really got to feel confident about. Look, it the, the Diamondbacks are are going to make things interesting. I do not think this is going to be a walkover series. If you looked purely at the matchup on paper, you could have people, you know, put a put together a convincing argument that this is a five game series and the Phillies win. Okay, if you're really feeling your oats, I I really can't stand too strongly against. Why wow, you got to my prediction too fast? Oh no, <laughs> I didn't mean to cut the line. But well, like, no, my prediction my prediction was going to be. I was going to take a little, I was going to give a little twist. You were so my prediction is that I think they split the first two here. See, that wouldn't surprise me. But I think the Phillies win in five. It, that, it would not surprise me if the Diamondbacks pull a little surprise out of their hat. I, I'm on guard for it as a fan because we have a convergence of a couple things, right? It's a bit of an unstoppable force, immovable object kind of situation. The Phillies haven't lost yet at home, right? Diamondbacks haven't lost yet, period. They're rolling on that. Cinderella stuff coming into this series. They're riding high. They are feeling good. Not to say that the Phillies are going to be caught off guard, but it is baseball. That's baseball, Susan. And no, sometimes I don't think they're going to be caught off guard. I think it's just that the, the Diamondbacks it, have two really good pitchers going in these exactly, first games. Yeah. Exactly. And and that's not the way it should be interpreted if the Phillies, you know, give them the road split or have the road split happen, not give it to them. You know what I mean. Like it it would not, it would not surprise me if the Phillies lost one of these first two games. But the thing that's got me feeling pretty calm about that is exactly what you were talking about a couple of minutes ago. The Diamondbacks pitching falls off a cliff in games three and four. It's really, it is a, yeah, it's going to be a problem for them. I mean, they, you know, 
you're probably looking at like Ryan Nelson starting game four and Brandon fought who, who Brandon fought has pitched, you know, really well in the playoffs. Um, he's really unproven. Uh, and this is the best lineup he's going to face in his life so far. He's probably another, starting game three. Yeah. Another thing to add on to that is now there's also not that there isn't in the postseason. there's considerable pressure on gallon and Kelly to, you know, get kind of deep into these first two games Sure, because every extra look, that the Phillies get against their bullpen is going to yeah. come into play in games three and four. You yeah. know, we're, they, they have lefty relievers they can throw out there. They're probably going to roster Joe Mantiply, and they're probably going to, you know, going to roster Saul Frank, like you were saying. Um, and I think they, they might have Kyle Nelson. One of them is hurt. Kyle Nelson or uh, Tommy Henry, who is a, a lefty who's been out since July. He yeah. is in play. Uh, okay. He might be on their roster. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, they'll have lefties to throw against, you know, Schwarber. Yeah, they're just, they're not, they're not hard throwing. I mean, Saul Frank tops out at like 90, 95, but he's, he averages 92 and a half. Mantiply has been around forever. Saul Frank uh, actually is a, uh, is a Hoosier and he might be facing another Hoosier uh, quite often in this series. Kyle Schwarber. Schwarber. Yeah. Uh, No, I I remember. I remember his numbers against lefties. Yeah. His lefty, his numbers against lefties are really good. Um, he, you know, again, though, like he's, he, he tops out like at 90, um, you know, he, or he's, he's averaging about 89, 90. Um, he's more of a crafty kind of guy. Uh, both of them are, both of them are curveball lefties, right? They don't throw sliders. Um, I think that's right. These are good matchups for the Phillies. These are they good are matchups. Do you know, and, 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 and somebody asked me and I maybe, you know, I could be again, a hundred percent wrong about this. Somebody asked me, um, actually it was, uh, he's not going to listen to this, so I'll t- I'll, I'll say who it was. It was, J- it, was uh, it was Jake Mintz, uh, oh, a very famous figure now in this Phillies yeah, postseason. Right. He said they're going to change the lineup, right? The Phillies, and I said no, I don't think no. so. And he said, well, they got to get Bohm out of the four spot. And I said, I don't think so because I actually think this is a really good series matchup for Alec Bohm. And why is that, Paul? I don't know, Matt. Why is that? He's just not going to see velocity. <laughs> Well, yeah. Look, I, he's I was just hope not going to see high nineties velocity, and and it's yeah. and it's and it's it's how the Braves got him out a lot. And those at bats against against Strider were not not competitive. Oh no, 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 no! And I'm and, sure nobody on the team is as glad to be done with the Braves as Alec Bowman. Right. And, and Strider, know? I mean, it's like okay, not competitive at bat against Strider. It's like what are you going to do? He's one of the best pitchers in baseball. But it was sure. it was just it was it was glaring, right? I mean, and Bohm, uh go look at his numbers. I mean, he is a lot better against mid nineties, low nineties heat than he is high nineties heat. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I, you know, I, I think ahead to the the Ryan Thompson Paul Seawald matches, and those guys come at you from the side. It's a bit of a different They're look. Tough. That yeah. that's that's really you know that you know Seawald he he doesn't throw as hard as as you think the stereotypical archetypal you know this is my closer this is the guy who comes in you know you look at Jose Leclerc over with the Rangers and you, you think about all the guys who are just locking down you know, the, the, the 20, 30 save types are guys with 97, 98 in their back pocket and like two different breaking balls that you, that they get you to chase on. And Seawald is, is fastball breaking ball for sure. But he, you know, he's, he's averaging right around 94, you know, kind of like the rest of them. And he's one of the harder throwers. It's just, it, it, it's an interesting dynamic um, that's going to come in here, especially contrasting with what the Braves just threw at them. Right. Um, 
These guys got outs though. They got outs against the Brewers they and they got outs against the Dodgers. And those are, you know, two good teams. Um, and they were in pressure situations on the road. They got outs and Seawald is a, is a freaking grinder, man. Like this guy is a grinder. He, uh, he, he's, he survived in this game and, um, Kevin Ginkle was optioned during the season. There's, there's so many parallels to this team, right? To the, to last year's Phillies, right? They have two really, really good starters. Um, they got really hot at the end of the season. Uh, they were inexperienced. Uh, one of their best relievers was sent down during the season and came back, uh, you know, resurrected. Uh, you know, that was Alvarado last year, this year yep. for the Diamondbacks. It's Kevin Ginkle, the gink. Um, the Kevin, and, <laughs> it's the gink there. <laughs> and um, they, you know, they're frisky, right? I, I, oh, I yeah. totally see that. I just think um, in a seven game series uh, that uh, some of those edges can be, can be doled a bit. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's a war of attrition, and the Phillies are better set up to play a deep series right now than the Diamondbacks are. Just and remember, things look. Remember how the Phillies played a deep series last year. Okay, the first seven game series they played last year, the NLCS. Mm-hmm. Uh, who started Game Four for them, Paul? Uh, that would be Mister Bailey Falter. It was Bailey Falter. He did not get out of the first thing. The Phillies won the game. Still, obviously, of course, um, they're they're just set up so much better like their swing guy last year in the nlcs was noah Syndergaard. this year it's christopher sanchez their game four starter is probably ty walker and whatever you think of taiwan like he he is a better option than bailey falter was yes Um, i just yeah they're just so much deeper than they were last year and that depth is going to play in a seven game series like you take your top 20 players put them against Arizona's top 20 and I mean, not even that maybe 17, I don't know, like your best nine hitters and your, you know, your, your nine best hitters, 18, give me your 18 best players. And the Phillies mm-hmm. 18 best um, to me has a, has a significant advantage over the Diamondbacks 18 best. And especially spots 14 to 18. I think it's like measurable. Oh yeah. Especially the further down the roster you go, the more it becomes apparent. The one matchup, the one part, of the game that the diamondbacks have a distinct edge on the Phillies on. It's not a complete washout, but they do have the edge is that the diamondbacks are a much faster team. They were second in the national league in stolen bases. They can, you know, run the bases well, uh, comes into play on defense in the outfield. The outfield is, is going to make some plays this yes. series that I think is yes. going to, you know, you saw Michael Harris last year. Imagine that now with, with doubled center field and right field, especially. And, and, you know, Gurriel, maybe he pulls one down. Um, that needs to be mitigated, right? If, if there is a weakness, you could say Aaron Nola hasn't done the best job at holding runners. We did have the birdie pickoff in the Marlin series, which was nice. And apparently there's been some extra work and attention being paid to pickoffs, to moves, to changing up timing. JT is probably going to have some opportunities to throw guys out. Do you see the speed of Arizona being a problem or is it just the way that Arizona stays in this series and keeps things interesting? It's definitely a problem. Um, I, I would point to this, though, Paul. Like um, The Phillies have stolen more bases than Arizona has in the postseason. The Phillies actually stole more bases than Arizona did in the final 15 games of the season, and that's not a great sample because hmm. some of those games Arizona was playing from behind. But um, teams who are watching the Diamondbacks at the end of the season noted, and I'm sure this is showing up in the Phillies reports, that uh, the Diamondbacks were running less. And it's actually not a ton of guys in their lineup that are a stolen base threat. But they do wield that speed in different ways. They go first to third. They go second to home. They take the extra bag often because they are athletic. They are speedy. 
it shows up in the outfield defense. Like there's just pure athleticism in center and right. And they're both very good. Uh, we saw it in that series in Arizona. And I do not remember when it was during the season. I apologize for that, but they made some unbelievable catches in that chase field outfield. It's a big outfield. Oh yeah. And the Phillies didn't have Rojas then. And Rojas is going to get to, to play in a big chase field center field. And that, that will, I do think that that evens things out. That is um, a nice asset for the Phillies to have in this series. No doubt. Um, their speed is a problem. Like, and, and, and so that your point about Nola, like I am, uh, I am floored by how he has improved his situation with the running game in the postseason. Hmm. And it started in late August when mid August, late August, when Caleb Cotham, the pitching coach, you know, says, look, we got to do something, man. Like you, you know, Nola is slow to the plate. Like even from the stretch, that is who he is. He has that big leg kick. He does it even when he's on the stretch and he had done a slide step six years ago about that's the last time he did 2017. Yeah. He didn't like it. He felt like, it affected his stuff. He didn't couldn't command the ball. He couldn't get as much velocity. And so he ditched it. And that was in his head. And they convinced him he got try this. They measured his bullpens, right? They have the um, the Rapsodo or the Trackman devices they can use in the bullpen. And they looked, showed him, look, it's not affecting your spin rate. It's not affecting your velocity. You're throwing strikes. Like, you can do this. And so he did it once or twice in a game late August. I think it was against the Giants. Um, he, he did it a few times in September in the starts. And it's not just about preventing stolen bases, but it's about keeping a double play in order. He's done that a couple times, like in the, in the game, uh, game three against the Braves, like Acuna is on first base and Albies is batting. And he kept Acuna there for that whole at bat. And it kept the double play order. Albies popped yep. out, but it kept the double play in order. And that's just so right. just reduces the stress. The fewer pitches you have to throw with runners in scoring position, just, and, and he's just, he's comfortable. He's calm. He figured it out. Um, the inside move that pickoff uh, in the Marlin series, huge um, that, that changed that entire game. So he's not as much of a liability. Now, Craig Kimbrell liability, huge yes. liability and scares the shit out of you in this series. Like there's not even a question about it. And, and like, they're trying to dance around it. They're saying he's gotten quicker. You know, he's doing some things. No, nah. like he, he's, <laughs> he's, he's scary. He's really scary in this series. Um, he will not be coming in with runners on base like he did last series. Oh my god, um, <laughs> that will not be happening. Oh I can almost guarantee you that. Um, like, I don't know. Jeff Hoffman scares you a little bit. Jeff was slow to the plate this year. Um, they've tried to do some things to to speed him up a bit. Um, he gave up quite a few stolen bases. Um, but <laughs> you know, as a whole, their pitchers have gotten a lot better. Like Wheeler is really hard to steal off of. Other relievers are quicker. Um, and if you just keep it competitive, you've got JT behind the plate and he's, you know, he's the quickest, quickest pop time in baseball, right? I mean, it's still yep. that he's still, he's maybe not what he was in his prime and he's still a really good catch and throw guy behind home plate. I, I, to the Nola point, I like that he will not have to throw a pitch on the road during this series, you know, in, in addition right? to, yeah, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. So he'll start game two and game six, you would think. Uh, if it goes that far and he's been a lot better at home this year, I don't know if there's anything to this, but he's also allowed fewer stolen bases at home. Like the running is, is significantly really? different home to way. That's probably just noise, yeah. but I, I thought that was interesting. Um, he's much better at home and you get to keep him out of chase field, which is nice. Um, yeah. You know, that that's a problem you worry about if you get back to Philly for a game six or seven. Um, but it's nice to have that in your back pocket, knowing that he won't have to deal with that park 
um, which can be a little bit more hitter friendly than Citizens Bank Park, despite that it big can. outfield. I think the roof is going to be closed. It's supposed to be 100 degrees out there. Uh, Unbelievable. This week. <laughs> October um, I think it'll be closed. Uh, <laughs> and I, I think uh some ways i'm gonna i'm gonna mess it up somewhere but i think it plays i think the ball flies more when the roof is open i think okay yeah i i don't know i, missed I that remember kurt schilling wanting the roof closed in 2001 wow there's a pull oh uh, well sorry yeah to, I, sorry to mention him that's, no 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 that's okay no it's no it, it's worth paying attention to right because uh uh that field out there is retractable. You know, that might come into play. I, I don't know. Every little thing is going to get scrutinized so much just because of the, the time of the year we're at. You don't, you don't necessarily equate 100 degree temperatures with uh, a league championship series. I, I normally think of, you know, turtlenecks and, and hoodies and all that wonderful stuff. I mean, we might see a little bit of that out here, but oh my God, hundred degrees. Um, I mean, it's going to be cold tonight, season. so it's going to be pretty cold tonight. Yeah. yeah, yeah you're yeah. definitely going to see, see some hoodies. <laughs> All right, so that's that's basically the gist of this series. You've watched this team during these playoffs. You understand what the Phillies are bringing to the table. You've seen the Diamondbacks, probably, if you're a bit of a night owl and have stayed up for some of these uh, when they've gone out there on the road. They have interesting players. They have guys who are going to make more of a name for themselves in this series, probably. Uh, you're going to hear the name Corbin Carroll a lot for the rest of the next 10 years anyway, but there are going to be other guys who we're all going to come to know and love, I'm sure. But Matt... As we sit here Monday morning before a pitch has been thrown in this series, I'm interested to hear a couple of things from you. And, and this is a little bit unprompted. Three things in particular. A lot one, unprompted. Because yes. One is the series <laughs> X factor. Two is your series prediction. And three, your NLCS MVP, who may not necessarily be the X factor. Well, I, I mean, I, I feel like as a cop out, I mean, I gave you my X factor as a velocity. Mm. Uh, it is the biggest X factor in this series. Uh, both the velocity the Phillies will throw at the Diamondbacks and the lack uh, lack thereof that the Phillies will see in the later innings. Um, both ways there. My prediction I gave it to you, I think they split the first two. And I think people will have a complete meltdown and freak out and the Phillies win in five. <laughs> and my NLCS MVP, yeah. Kyle Schwarber. There we go. Okay. Yeah, I, I think the X factor for me is going to be Alec Bohm and what Ooh. he's able to do batting behind Bryce Harper. We presume Ooh. for, yeah, I don't think he's going to change the lineup. Yeah. For just for knowing Rob. Series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if, if he's able to leave the Atlanta series behind him, face some fresh pitchers, hopefully put together some good at bats, you know, against Ryan Thompson and the like, like I was talking about earlier, uh, that could be, that could be a big deal because who knows how many pitches Bryce is going to see at least to start this series. Oof, you know, man, if they if, follow the Braves plan, it's not going to be a lot. I mean, it's the Braves not. are literally, yeah. I mean, I don't say they were pitching around him, but they were not, um, they were not pitching to him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And when they did, well, you saw what happened. Exactly. Um, so yeah. Alec, Alec Bohm is a big deal for me. I'd, I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him bounce back. Series prediction. I, I am allowing for a little bit of, variance here I, I i do see a lot of 2022 phillies energy in these 2023 diamondbacks and that is what gives me pause they are not as good of a team as the atlanta braves they are not it is a longer series and they are a far shallower team on the roster than the phillies are that should is also be a better or worse team than the 2022 padres that the phillies face in the lcs 
Uh, ooh, I'll say better, but only slightly. I think despite the names, this is a better offensive team than that Padres team was. And yeah. I think that difference, it, it makes up for the difference in pitching because I think the Padres, even though they didn't pitch great, they did have uh, a better staff than this Diamondbacks team. I think the Phillies win this in six. I think it comes back home. Um, I can definitely see the road split that we're talking about where one of these first two games goes the wrong way. And I can see the Diamondbacks holding serve at least once at home. Um, but the simple fact of the matter is I just, I have a hard time. I have a hard time even really being convicted in saying it goes six. Um, I'll really? say it just to allow for some craziness. I, I just, the, the, the Phillies have the matchups and they have the better team. They just need to actually act on that and execute on that. And I think for my NLCS MVP, hmm, I'm going to go with Turner. I'm going to go with hmm. Trey because I, I just feel like we need a, a an, an official recognition of some kind for what he's done the last two and a half months. <laughs> some kind of name to what it is. Like right now we tie everything back to the ovations in early August, and that's great. We see the numbers since then. He's like a 350 hitter, including the postseason. He's homering once every three games. He's on an unbelievable tear. The defense needs to clean itself up a little bit. Probably don't want to be giving away too many more outs in the field, but, you know. Yes. Uh, that's neither here nor there. He's he's hitting enough to make up for it right now. I think it continues. I think the hot streak continues. And I think near the top of that lineup, he is the guy who who gets a lot of this going, sets the table for Bryce whenever he's able to get, you know, pitches to hit. Maybe Alec Bohm, if he plays it into the positive for the X factor, gets the RBIs. I just like the way it comes together. So I'm going to say Turner. I like it. I, I think all in all, we we have to feel good about this series, right? They're favorites for a reason, like yeah. they are, and it's not it's not trying to like undermine or underplay. No, the Diamondbacks, the Phillies are a better team, and in seven games, that should bear out. It doesn't always, and weird stuff happens, but you feel more comfortable about overcoming a weird stuff game, one game in a seven game series, because yeah. it just it doesn't swing it like it would in a five game series or obviously a three game series. Yep, that's exactly right. So the Phillies get things started tonight, Monday night, 8 o'clock Eastern time in Philadelphia. The party stays rolling, stays hot. We want to make sure we keep hearing everybody out there. Look, we're, we're building a mythology with the crowds at this park. We need to keep the legend going. Um, so make sure your voices are heard. Keep it loud out there. Uh, Zach Wheeler against Zach Gallen, Battle of the Zacks. Should be a good one, game. One of them has a K and one of them yeah. doesn't. Right. It should be a good game. This should be a a, a really it's gonna be fun. nice nice game, nice interesting game. For as much as you you neutral observers out there can take from that, I will not be. Uh, did you watch as... the ALCS game last night? I did. I did. Yeah, yes, that I was did. a good game too. It was that a really was. good game. Texas is Texas is for real. They um, I I I, I think they've got something to prove here. We'll, we'll see how the rest of the series goes. Was there any Attaboy Altuve after the game? Oh boy, yeah. You want? I think everybody learned their lesson. Or at least I would hope everybody learned their lesson that when the recorders are out, you don't you don't want to give T-shirt material. Um, so we'll see how Houston responds tonight. All right, let's get this thing going. Let's defend the pennant. Phillies kick things off. Best of seven. We will be back with you at some point in the middle of this series, maybe after these two at home. We'll see how things shake out. Uh, so we'll check back in with you then. Again, we're recording this before the rosters are finalized or announced. So if anything weird happens blame, blame me blame temporal mechanics uh, <laughs> we'll let you go thanks for hanging with us here we go baby national league championship series second year in a row this doesn't happen very often enjoy it as much as you can go phils we'll talk to you later in the week